This is The Shift Podcast. Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, bodybuilder and motivational speaker Big Ron Jones tells us how we can find motivation to take care of our bodies and how to have discipline over our health. Are you okay with loud music? What about hunting? A couple of topics that we talk about. And Ryan's spooky movie marathon continues with a review of Child's Play, a movie he's been too afraid to watch since he was a kid, but did watch it now as an adult. All of this and more on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Well, it's been a few months since I've been able to have this friend on the shift, and I'm excited to bring him back and have him here again. Big Ron Jones. My story with Ron Jones is kind of an interesting one. It's a fun one. Uh, Here's a random dude on Instagram that says, hey, guy, want to chat? And he bit, and now he's my pal. And uh, he's here now. Ron's down in southern Georgia, in and around Atlanta area, and uh, fitness guy, entrepreneur, and all-around cool cat. Ron, how are you? Man, all is well. All is doing well on my end of things. Nice. Uh, you've been busy. It's been a while since we chatted, and I've had a couple of things that have gone on in my world that I was really looking forward to bouncing off you and um, and getting into uh, bouncing some of those ideas off you. But first, let's get into uh, the one thing that I think that we can give, one of the two things that I think we can give everybody who's listening right now, and conversation around nutrition. You are a fitness guy. You've got the Ron Jones training experience. Um, you do that. I'll link up your Instagram, for example, at um, shiftheads.ca on our Facebook group because then everyone can sort of see you and see what you're all about. Um, but you've been busy and you've got lots sure. going on and you've got in particular this nutrition ebook, I think that is really easy access for everybody to get started on the journey. And I think when everyone sees you and sees the mammoth of a man you are, um, <laughs> but it's your lifestyle that you live every day. Like you live this always. And that's where I think that I can learn from and everyone else can learn from. So what do you got there that's that's going on in that world of the ebook and well, nutrition? Well, the biggest thing is trying to cut through all the fluff. Um, this is the information age. There's so much information out there. It's overloaded, in fact. So giving you the raw science, or at least the ability to understand the sciences. So taking these complex sciences of nutrition, breaking it down in digestible format that you can go forward with. That's the whole idea behind this this E slash video book is you're receiving the the knowledge you need to be applicable to who you are now, what your current goals are. You don't want to live your life leaning upon another professional, have to go see a nutritionist or a dietitian. You yourself can understand what you're doing and apply that to yourself. But the cool thing about education when it comes to something like fitness and wellness, especially nutrition, is that it has a spillover. Beyond you, your spouse, your mate, your children all benefit from this. So the purchase of one nutritional book could very well be what changes your life as well as setting the the um, the pathway that your children are going to follow. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great thing to be um, considering. And I intentionally made that price very, very, very low to make sure that everyone could afford this because this is health. And I want everyone to have a chance at it, at least, you know, the Ron Jones way. Yeah, you... Um... But you have to want it. And that's one of the things that you often talk about in your videos on your socials is that um, like you you can do all of the exercises that you want. And uh, there was one that I saw just recently. Uh, I think it was, you were just doing dumbbell curls or something, right? Kind of a wrong way and a right way side by side. Uh-huh. And even that was yeah. indicative of somebody who wants to be there. Like you can't go and force them. Sure, there are days when you probably have to kick your own butt and force yourself. But you you have to find some motivation behind us for yourself and a reason to be there and you're all about that too that's part of the that's the experience part of the ron jones training is the the leadership of of needing to want to be there tell me what wanting more from your life and more vitality in general what what does that look like um to me it looks like beyond if i understand the question to me it looks like having an initial goal and that goes what you pursue, but knowing that that goal could very well shift, it could very well change because life changes. My initial goal was trying to get chicks. If I got big muscles, I get some chicks. After I have my wife or my girlfriend now turned wife many moons ago, that's no longer my focus. My focus now is actually being here and being able to provide for my family in a healthy way. I got children now, 10 and 12 years old. So maybe able to stay here actively, um, engaging with them in sports is one of my current whys, you know what I mean? Um, as well as uh, being a, uh, a real world example for the world on how this works. So 
I think, uh, if I understand the question, if I'm, if I'm answering the question, I think it looks like to me, knowing that there's a reason to own your health and whatever that reason may be here, dive into it, you know, and mm-hmm. own it. There's a way of doing that. And don't be so reactive to things. You can be proactive. Mm-hmm. Now, you talked about reasons about, obviously, your wife. I think. And, <laughs> right? Um, you talk about those reasons. You have your kids. You want to be able to play with your kids and, and your grandkids one day. I mean, seems to me like you're a fantastic dad from everything I've seen. Um, you do like to work hard. And uh, that's that's part of the topic to talk about here. But what's what's the reason for for Ron? I mean, is integrity such an incredibly big word, right? Like for you, the core of you, mm-hmm. it's it's not. I'm leading into the next question on purpose here. Uh-huh. It's not just about the integrity of you know, hey, I want to be a good husband or I want to be a good dad. Although those are great reasons, there's something inside you too that still drives you to maintain the distinction between hard work and integrity around all of this. So what, what is it that really drives you in keeping up with this? And I think that if people see your physical stature, they might understand that question better too. Yeah. You, you know, um, I'm gonna tell this story and I haven't told the story many times. I don't think at least, at least in such a large form, um, the idea of creating your own celebrity always turned me on. It really excited me. Um, but celebrity can't be, um, everyone can't be a celebrity in the same, same line of work, something like a football field. Let's say there's only one celebrity there. That's the star quarterback at the high school. Right. Or even if it was a star cheerleader, there's only one lead cheerleader or a star basketball player, whatever it may be, there can only be, but so many spaces reserved for that celebrity. When I um, I was great at sports, had a great time. I was well known for my my heroics on the um, on the basketball court. But when I started to realize that I was taking notice to these superhero like figures I would see in magazines at that point in time, people like Ronnie Coleman and other bodybuilders, I realized that these guys are celebrities in their own right. I say that in the sense of you can't deny their hard work. When you see this guy walk in, you know off top, this guy, him or her, does something on a routine, serious basis. Because in this sea of 100 people, you're the one who I notice. Um, mm. So to be real with you, I like the idea of having my my artwork, which is my flesh, being what I display on a regular basis. The mm-hmm. the, the 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 field of of of. Um, bodybuilding, you know, physique enhancement, not necessarily on a stage, but just physique enhancement. That was always a cool thing to me. Um, mm-hmm. And that really appealed to me. So no matter where you're at, we can always be, excuse me, no matter where you're at in life, you can always be your own um, display of hard work. Celebrity can yeah. be created by you simply having that elite physique. I don't care what age you're at amongst all the 40 year olds, you're the best one that's there in your office or in Mm -hmm. your own um, family reunion or at the local PTA meeting, you can still own that. And even if you weren't after the idea of celebrity attention, if you could just simply understand that you can own something, you know, you can own something and that's your health to include the outward appearance of so. So I know I'm Mm -hmm. kind of babbling on about that part, but that really is what I think turned me on initially is the idea of the whole world knowing that that guy does something and it's pretty admirable because you can't easily do it, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that that translates to, yeah, most careers too. I mean, I think of a truck driver, right? Like you could be the best on time, safest truck driver that is polite and helpful and gets everything done. Uh, and you can be that celebrity in, in your world too, even if it's not of interest to you to be fit. I mean, you can do that. I mean, I would suggest that you probably become a better employee and coworker, the more active and fit you get, probably yeah. plugs all together, right? Uh, but you said a couple of things there, Rod, that really get uh-huh. me thinking. There is a guy by the name of Paul Boucher. He's a professional voice guy. I promise you that you've heard him on TV commercials or, or stuff like that before. And I was talking to Paul about what's next in my life many, many years ago. And he said, well, what do you, what are you chewing on? I said, well, I want to do what nobody else can do. And he's like, well, that's great. But I don't think that you've got the frame right, the perspective right. And I, okay, what, what, do you, what do you mean, Paul? And he said, well, instead of what can I do that nobody else can do? He said, you're empowering everybody else. 
He said, you're reacting to what everybody else can do. He said, if that's the phrase, then why not try? What can I do that only I can do? And that's what you talk about it being being celebrity in your own world. And what can I do in my world today? that only I can do? What do I bring to the world that's special? And how can I embrace that? And that sounds like it aligns quite nicely with what you're saying and in, in finding your path through this. Yeah, yeah, I definitely can. I definitely can can see that to go even one step further with that same notion, though. The cool thing is, is even when it's you against you, you can still be the best. Mm -hmm. Um, and to not realize the best you to me is, is sad. I've heard it phrased differently before, but the way I interpret it was to die, not realizing how great you could have been. is tragic. So whatever it is that you find, apply yourself all the way with it. You'd be surprised at what breakthroughs you may make and being just that great at what yeah. you're doing. But I will tell you one thing about it is no matter what you do, I know it's not like I'm selling myself, but I'm not selling myself. I'm selling the ideology. The ideology of owning your health and wellness, no matter what you're doing, if it's bound to a physical body, you've got to own the health and wellness part. I don't care how smart you are. Einstein mm -hmm. with high blood pressure is not Albert Einstein. LeBron James with morbid obesity is not LeBron James. Um, uh, I don't care who we have. If you don't own your health you're never going to reach your full potential so of all problems to have if i had 99 problems i can at least make sure health and wellness isn't one of them from there we'll see yeah. about we'll see about letting prayer handle it but 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 as far as my wheelhouse what i can control i can definitely control pretty much 99 percent of the things that are going to happen in my world and if i can't control the other things my health will help make those things not so bad do you get mm -hmm. what i'm saying Absolutely. I get what you're saying. And this is the part where I was really excited to chat with you today is because here's what I've learned in the last year since we've chatted. I've learned the distinction between hard work and discipline and what I've learned. So I was like, okay, well, what is discipline? Okay. What, what is hard work? I've always thought I was particularly disciplined. I've learned that I've been a very hard worker, but not necessarily very disciplined. And so what does, um, what, what is discipline? So I dug into that and did my word thing, as you know, and discipline is integrity in action is what discipline is. And that mm. comes to me um, from an incredibly important place. And, and that's what you're talking about, though, if, if you are going to be the world's greatest truck driver, and you've got to get out of your truck, you've got to load and unload, you've got to hook up, you've got to do all the things. Again, it centers back to your body. And it goes back to that place that you're talking about of taking care of yourself. So even in all the places, if you're going to be of integrity, you want to live a life of discipline that you've got, you've got to have both because if integrity is, um, you know, the discipline and they dance together, you've got to have both and watch it cross through your body. So for everybody like myself, by the way, who makes excuses to not go to the gym, the, or to get out and walk or whatever it is, um, you can't be disciplined. You can't have integrity unless you're taking care of that one core piece. How does that land? That that lands square on the head of what I was what I was I was thinking of, man. Um, because as you said, a very very opener. You, you've got to want it. So once you decide you want it, you commit to a plan to receiving it. Correct. But once you've mm -hmm. committed to that plan, the integrity is that you're going to uphold the tenets you know to uphold in the meantime. Which means you have to have some level of integrity to your own self at least to receive that. So if mm -hmm. I can break that chain down even shorter here to make it a little more clear, if I know I've in a clear mind and decided that there's a pathway to receiving what I want, then I am held accountable to me day in, day out to doing, as you said a second ago, the things it takes to receiving what it is that I want. So that integrity at this point is actually to myself. No one tells me get back in the bed two o'clock at night. No one's going to tell you three o'clock in the morning to go back to sleep. No one's going to tell you to put that extra cookie down on Friday. No one's going to tell you that but you. So there is, you're 100% right, some level of integrity that must be held, if only to yourself. The wild thing about it is no one's going to know if you don't have that level of integrity mm -hmm. to yourself, but you will. Eventually, mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, it will definitely manifest itself in the outward because the world will see, hey, someone's not very disciplined as it is indicative of their outward health. <clears throat> or your physician's yeah. going to know it when it comes to your internal health. 
they run your blood work. But no, I'm with you a thousand percent yeah. on that, man. Yeah, or your behavior, you become late, you're less active at work. I mean, all the behaviors would change too. You said extra cookie, by the way, not no cookie. I just want to declare that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I'm about that's right. So I'd be, you'd be a idiot lie. It's a lie from the pits of hell to tell yourself you'll never have another slice of sweet potato pie or cookies or wine or popcorn. But you have to yeah. know you're going to plan this out. So when you're going to do it, you can do it guilt-free. We don't want to deal with mm -hmm. impulse. The upcoming holidays, we are going to enjoy ourselves in fellowship with our family. But if you plan it out, you can do so guilt-free. So I know mm -hmm. I'm doing all the things that you said earlier I'm supposed to be doing before I enjoy that Thanksgiving dinner or before I enjoy that planned Friday night date. But do what you got to do first to have it in place. I know I sound so preach about this health and wellness thing here. I just feel like there's so many things about to happen here on earth. If you're not fit for it, you're going to have trouble. And I don't mean fit in the sense of ready to take your shirt off and go to the beach. I'm not saying that kind of fit. I just mean having the basics understood, which means simple strength training, having your muscle your muscles up to par, which means musculoskeletal system up to par. I didn't say you're ready to get onto a stage. I just mean you're not going to trip and fall and break your hip because of it. Cardiovascular health. Let's just say on some crazy alternate universe, that big C came back. That big C word that we all dealt with as a whole earth was a, as an issue of the metabolically unhealthy. And if you're not metabolically healthy, this time around, it could very well take you out. You know what I mean? If that was the only thing that came back around, there's a ton of what else may happen in the meantime. When it comes to nutrition, understanding what your nutrition is, which doesn't mean a bunch of denial. It means actually taking on more. Shane, I think that the world doesn't need to keep denying itself so much. People don't have a problem overindulging in things. I think the biggest problem we have an issue with is not taking in enough of the good things. If you took in more of the good things, that would actually help you to deal with the other things. Ask mm -hmm. yourself, when's the last time you had a purple fruit or a purple vegetable or a red fruit or a red vegetable? These different colors are indicative of phytonutrients, the things that your body needs. So let's focus more so on taking in. I have homework for anyone listening. Let's focus on taking in more of what we know we need, and then we'll look at eliminating some of the other things. But I promise you, you have a hard time having that red, orange, and green fruit and the donuts. I promise you, it's going to fall in place. Mm -hmm. If you get a little more active, I promise you, a, a few more steps after your work day, I promise you, a few more laps around your neighborhood, you're not going to run inside and herp and grab a glass of wine or a beer. It just don't feel right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just, just, just a few more active like efforts. I sound like I'm pleading, but I am pleading, man. I'm pleading for the world to be a little more proactive with what's going on. I do like a good donut. Big Ron Jones is here. It's the shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. Text message just goes in. I never have that extra cookie. Once I polish off a bag of Oreo double stuffs, I stop right then and there. Ah, uh, yeah, it's all good fun. It is. It truly is, which is cool. Have you ever seen when um, motivational speakers use this example? They take like a glass carafe or beaker, and it's got water in it, and they put dirt, like peat moss, topsoil, something on the top, and then they stir it. And the water gets all dirty and mucky. And the question that the motivational speakers will ask, they will say, well, how do we get the mud out of our lives, the negative, the mess out of our lives? Now, normally, our nature is to reach in with our hand and sort of scoop out the mud. And it doesn't ever really work. And then they use this great example as they take more perfectly clear, beautiful water, maybe a metaphor for love, and they pour that water into the beaker. And what eventually happens is, is you overflow the beaker with more good, more water, more clarity. And eventually it floods out all of the dirt. So instead of trying to take out the bad, put in more of the good. It's a great motivational piece. It's a great metaphor for all things. And frankly, it works. That's what Ron Jones is talking about. Integrity, discipline, regret. Huge topics. We've got more with Big Ron Jones to inspire you to kick off your morning coming up next. This is the Shift Podcast. Ron Jones, Big Ron Jones is our guest here. If you want to learn more about Ron, bigronjones.com. That's linked up at shiftheads.ca on the Facebook group for you to learn. Nutrition is important. Fitness is important. Working out, getting alive, getting moving in some fashion that works for you. But how do you get inspired in that? How do you 
realize what matters to you in it. Doing it for other people is one thing. Doing it to impress people and all the, you know, the different topics that we just chatted about with Big Ron Jones, you know, to look good and all those things, that's one thing. But if you want to do it for yourself, you truly want to be able to work out for a reason that matters to you. Ron shared that it's his kids and his wife and being able to be active and moving with them. What is your reason? Well, if you're not working out, you probably haven't found your reason. At least you're not sure about it. So how do you go about that? Your integrity, your discipline, living a life without regret. More with nutrition expert, fitness expert, and so much more, Big Ron Jones. This is The Shift with Shane Hewitt. There's a producer that's a musician and producer. Uh, his name's Chin and Jetty that I had a great conversation with. And he talked about uh, why he started making music again for himself was because he looked at the world and he found the world particularly depleted. Um, mm. It doesn't mean that the, the good's not there. It just means that we're, we're operating in a place of depleted. And I really like that word. And I hear that when you talk about the food that we take in, that we're living a life that is particularly depleted because we can take in many of these things. Uh, Ron Jones, can you tell me, I mean, I know how, what special place you carry your wife and your kids. You talked about vitality and being able to be around your kids. Can you maybe give one example, whether it's sort of date night or going for walks in your relationship or something like that, that's just one simple example of how being active in your day-to-day with work allows you guys to carry something special in your personal relationship that you guys do that matters just to you guys, whether it's going for a walk or, or something like that? Yeah. So, so the first one is going to be obvious. The second one will be a latent effect of the obvious thing we're doing. So I, as a competitive bodybuilder, if I'm getting off stage or not, I'm going to always be aggressive in what I do. So I have to do cardio first thing in the morning time. So I, in the morning time, do my own personal cardio. I have to also attack the weights in a pretty serious way um, with my strength training. So I'll do that at about one o'clock midday. Keep in mind, my wife is at work. My kids are at school. Um, So in the evening time, this is when the kids are at home. They're old enough to stay at home by themselves and do some schoolwork. Me and my wife at around six o'clock will go to the gym to work out together. It's a workout for me, but it's not quite as intense as my earlier workout is alone. Because obviously here at 300 pounds, 6'3", professional bodybuilder, I'm, I, I, it's a little more intense than involved in my workout. I'm not saying my workout with her is sandbag, but it's not quite as, as bodybuilding intentional. So what I'm saying is, is our time together is four times a week Sweating it out in the gym, grinding it Mm -hmm. out, good old muscle pump, receiving that good endorphin release, right? My kids watch us do this without fail. So it becomes a natural part of their understanding of how life works. My -hmm. wife comes home, immediately gets a, 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 a meal to power her through that workout after a long day of work. And shortly thereafter, we go to the gym. So my kids are learning. So the passive lesson is my kids learning just how important this is. It's also mm-hmm. bonding time for her and I both. I have this thing I call called dose. Now, my wife nor I deal with seasonal depression, but I want to everyone to know that seasonal depression can actually be curtailed um, or at least handled easier if you give yourself a nice dose on a regular basis. And dose is what I shorthand for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphin. All these feel-good hormones are locked away within us already. There's ways of releasing it, though. That outdoor walk with the sun on your skin helps to release some of those feel-good hormones I spoke about. Oxytocin is a love chemical, so it comes from a a hug longer than 20 seconds or or petting a dog, you know what I mean? There's so many ways of receiving these natural feel-good hormones. Why not do a few of those? With your spouse, of course, there's some after-hours things you can do with your spouse, but those are very (laughs) short-lived moments in time to get that feel-good hormone. But things like living your life out at the gym or some extra laps around the gym, I know you've already done your cardio or your strength training for yourself, but do it again with your spouse. It's not going to hurt you. I promise you. That's the long Mm -hmm. answer I gave you, but I I love it because I mean mean that. yeah, well, and that's and that's where it's special, and that's where people see. Okay, I've been, you know, how can I connect with my partner again and, and spend that time? Well, there's a great example of how you can, and I'm sure that's a great place for the two of you. You talk about, hey, did you know that, 
you know, the 10 year olds not doing great in, in math in school or, or by the way, I need new tires for my car. I mean, the real life things, conversations can happen when you have that time too. So the byproduct sort of rolls down the rock rolls down the hill, um, of connection in yeah. all of that thing. Right. When you're talking about your dose there, which is pretty wicked. Ron Jones Absolutely. is a uh, fitness guy. He's a, he's a health guy. He's a professional bodybuilder. Um, but it's been a while since you did the the shows, if I understand, that you really cut down and, and did the shows. Are are you doing that again? Absolutely, man. So so this is this is very interesting that I say it this way um, as a, as a competitive bodybuilder, because uh, you know I love using metaphors. Um, if I had to relate this to something else, we can all understand. Um, some of my friends are artists. They 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 work in, in charcoal, and some work in in watercolor. Um, some work in clay, some work with music. Um, whatever the median is, though, they are still a musician, an artist, a sculptor, if they have an exhibit or not. My median happens to be my flesh. So if I'm going to stand on stage and display my work or not, I am still a bodybuilder. So um, competitive on stage, I haven't been on stage since pre-COVID. Um, now I flirt with the idea, but eh, really haven't cared to. But I still follow the same of what I'm supposed to do, which is the off-season bulk, we call it, which is putting on a lot of extra muscle mass, even if it means adding some fat um, in doing so. Um, and then, of course, the, the reverse of that is going to be the cut, whereby we drop um, the fat while trying to keep as much muscle as absolutely possible. But the cool thing is, is I do this and me being so – so uh, outright with it because the whole world watches they get to see the extremes of how it works so they themselves mm -hmm. can see the same tenets that they have to follow to reach their goals i have to follow to the 10th power um and this is real science that we're using you know what i mean mm -hmm. well and i have friends who are in bands and they have a very personal relationship with their guitar and they still noodle away on the yeah. guitar whether they're on tour or not right yeah. so that yeah, really man. makes sense quite beautiful and, and i think when we take that lens that you described that metaphor it really allows us to see in our lives what is what is our work i you made me think of two things you made me think of tattoos ironically because you're the first person okay. that i can talk to that i think you see things the same way as me when we talk about tattoos here on the show or with people in my life people okay. will say you know um my body is a canvas and i i, I like to put this art on my body and, and I'll say, mm -hmm. yeah, well, that's great for you. I get that. I said, but I'm going to ask you to consider something different. To me, your body's not the canvas. To me, your body is the artwork. Your body's already the artwork. And so uh -huh. that's just my perspective on yeah. tattoos is that some people see their body as a canvas that can be displayed on it. And I just see that the body is, is actually the artwork of who you are. And now that might be a bit of a faith statement, I suppose, but you know, that, I think that's I think that aligns quite nicely with what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. And um and as a faith statement, yes, it can definitely hold that um that regard, but even as I said a second ago, my medium being my flesh, when I'm on stage, I am judged or just walking around if someone is judging my physique, it's based off of three things: size, symmetry, and proportion. Now, I happen to stand on stage nearly naked so you can see all that. But even us walking around, you can tell if someone is adhering to what it takes to keep those things in balance. Is this person balanced in their physique? Their physique balance I'm referring to is, is their body composition, um, the fat to muscle ratio. And those who have the best balance are the ones who receive those accolades of, oh man, he's in, he's in great shape or she has a great shape to her. And this is all contingent on that balance. The, the other thing about that is this, though, is if you see it as artwork on display or not, it's still on display. You can't tuck it away. We mm. know who is and who is not. If you're driving through your neighborhood right now, if you look to your left and to your right at your neighbors, you'll see who puts extra TLC into their curb appeal of their home. You can see those who care. You can see it on how they edge. You can see how those trees are pruned or are not. You can see that. You can see who's investing that extra TLC. Your body's the same way. Believe it or not, someone's not looking at you to have, you know, some relations with you. They're just seeing if you are investing or doing the things with your physique or not. I didn't say extremes. I just said investing mm -hmm. that additional love and care, you know? So, and that's kind of where I'm coming from is showing everyone what things need to be done because sometimes 
because there's so much information out there, we're doing too many things for the yield that we want. You don't have to live like a bodybuilder to like someone who cares about their physique. You don't have to. So I'm showing you what you do have to do, though. And it's not mm -hmm. to the umpteenth degree that you think it actually is, not to mention this changes over time. And in the midst of your pursuit of this 10 11 care you give your body, your body responds to it the same way. The other acronym I use along with giving yourself that dose is SAD. How do we prevent or help ourselves with stress, anxiety, and depression? That dose helps with that SAD. In your pursuit of your health and wellness, you actually help to understand, or excuse me, deal with this SAD by giving mm -hmm. yourself that dose and as an outward result of so. Mm -hmm. Well, not to mention, I mean, uh, for everyone who's listening, I mean, Ron is a giant of a man. Um, you're a very big <laughs> dude. Um, and but you do train like little old ladies and, and everybody comes in and they all learn from Absolutely. the thing. So it's not necessarily about being, you know, this this uh, huge figure um, that that's into bodybuilding either. And that's why the that integrity piece comes back into it again. Ron, I um, I know that you work really hard. That was a badass photo of you on the tire of your truck, by the way. Like, dude, that was a bad oh, cool. photo. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I like that. That was such a good photo. I'll share that out too. Um, there's yeah. a football player in Canada. He's retired now. He's a general manager in the CFL. His name is Pinball Clemens. A great motivational speaker. And, and he had a statement um, where he was, it was, I saw it on video, I think, where he was talking to his team, the Toronto Argonauts. And he had said, if we're, uh, let me preface it with this, is that if discipline is integrity in action, this is what he said. And this is part of the inspiration why I wrote that piece. He said, the opposite of discipline is regret. You just need to decide which one hurts more. Mm. And they're both going to hurt. Which mm -hmm. one do you want? And if uh, I love that phrase, I've been trying to get pinball on so we can talk about that phrase. Yeah. The, but if you can only, and he's right. If you can only imagine as the opposite of discipline, of integrity and action, is regret. I think as we get older and we look back at missed opportunities and we look at things that we've missed out on playing with the kids or the grandkids, welcome to regret, friends. And so if the only antidote for regret is discipline, what are you willing to do about it? Pretty inspiring guy, mm -hmm. eh? Yeah, that's 100%, man. That's that's 100% correct. You know, and, and, and as you said that, I thought about when does this regret set in? And this regret doesn't set in as we picture it in our picturesque, excuse me, in our, uh, in our, our the, the cinematic, you know, scene we've set for ourselves on when regret may set in. You're laying mm -hmm. on your bedside and all your loved ones are around you. You take a breath of fresh, you take a breath of, uh, of air and you say, I regret and you list off one thing. No, it's not that, it's not that poetic and it's not that, that much of a, um, it's not that, that, uh, that climatic. It sometimes the regret could set in much earlier. That regret could set in at 42 when mm -hmm. you go to, to make that step off the curb and you realize that your knees aren't up to par anymore and you're tumbling to that street. And now oh, you're pick up the golf ball out of the golf hole. When I, when I go to get my golf ball out of the hole and I bend down and all of a sudden my knee, oh God, that's welcome to the moment. You know, that's the moment. So Just now you fall right into this damp grass. Now your full golf outfit is, is fully wet and you feel silly now. So that regret mm -hmm. starts to set in. The regret that, oh man, I wish I would have taken that program on to light my load of tap did. Or, or in a more dire sense, something like one of my 42 year old ladies who's pre-menopause not taking it serious. And by 52, she goes to, to reach out and, and she trips and she breaks her hip in doing so because osteoporosis is a thing if you're not reinforcing your musculoskeletal system. But that hip break is what killed her. People die. Women specifically die from simple falls. And I'm not trying to use death, doom and destruction or fire and brimstone to scare anyone into the gym. But just, you know, being real about your idea of what regret is, regret can set in much earlier than we thought it is and it's not like i said in some hollywood film at the very end in a climatic way that we say we have regret now no it can start in much earlier or the regret of seeing your 16 year old come home with tears in her eyes because they want to lose weight now because they are being teased for being overweight it's not something that they should receive but it's reality and because you didn't do for yourself they had no blueprint to easily mimic and follow so now what you're dealing with as a 55-year-old woman, they're dealing with as a 16-year-old. 
So whatever you feel now, your child is going to feel it at a much earlier age. It took us kids job loss and, and, and financial instability and all kind of issues of life to get to where we are at 40 something. How about that child at 14? So mm-hmm. if anything, I'm going to charge anybody under my breath or the sound of my voice with understanding this is no longer about you. Forget you and your health. There is someone watching you. And it's much easier to follow a blueprint than to blaze your own trails or forge your own plan. That blueprint you can set in place for your kids. Your kids don't Your kids don't buy groceries. Your kids are broke. And the only thing that they eat is what you bring home to them. Imagine mm-hmm. living your life and the only thing you ate is what someone brought home to you. But every time they brought something home to you, it was of no nutritional value. That's your child's life. They're broke. They walk around looking for iPhone chargers and and uh, <laughs> and, and food to scavenge. You know what I mean? That's yeah. your child. I say in a comedic sense, but truthfully, man, your children are are, 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 are relying on you. And I don't want to get heavy again, but... You know, we got to do it for larger causes. And if yourself isn't a we large do. enough cause, perhaps your children are. You ever see the movie Back to the Future where Marty McFly goes yeah, backwards Yeah, man, that's my last favorite movie, actually. Which one is it? Yeah. 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 The, uh, I, I, like, um, I like that movie, and I always find that ironic that we, you know, the whole premise of Back to the Future was to go back in time and mm-hmm. then not do anything that's going to change the future. Right. But yet... If that's the case, and if we all believe, I think Hollywood style, we all believe that that's the case. If we went back in time, we could change the outcome of the future. Then why don't we do that today? Because we are back in time from our future down the road, and we can change that today. You're right. You're right. So the we can actually now. have that. In the future is now. It's what it is. And by the way, regret is a grenade. Careful when it explodes. Um, <laughs> message. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Jones, I, it's great to see your face, man. I always appreciate this time. Thank you for accepting the invite, and I can't wait to chat some more. Thanks for being here, bro. For sure, man. I got to talk to you, man. This is always a good conversation. Now I end up, after this call, thinking to myself for the next 30 minutes to an hour, still talking to you um, about what all came from it. And I hope the listeners draw the same, draw the same thing. You know, We need more things that are going to spurn um or, or, or encourage us to think more become more introspective we're always fed so much um by way of sitting blank in front of some media source tv radio whatever it may be our phone screens that i like for at least when you are being fed this way that when you're done it spurns or it calls you to become introspective and, and ask yourself these things what would your answer have been you know or what should you do going forward then we know what we're doing now is not simply wasting someone's time them just staring at us on a blue screen or listening to us mindlessly while they drive to work we actually cause them to think more about their own world you know just thinking more you don't have to have the right answers just think of no. it more that's all just think yeah. just think i promise you it's within you just think become introspective for a moment mm. That's uh, that's a whole other conversation we can get into. Um, that, <laughs> that work inside, as long as along with the work outside, Ron, you're the best man. Thank you so much. Awesome, brother. Good talking to you. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you? Are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay? with 877-399-9898 are you okay with is a series of stories that might make you ponder we want to get your thoughts on them you can text in your thoughts here to the shift i'm shane hewitt in vancouver john o'chung's downtown here vancouver as well ryan o'donnell is downtown in calgary are you okay with uh bobby the dog wait didn't we do what it's bobby with one O, by the way yeah, I uh, I know we we did talk about him last night, the goodest boy, the <laughs> oldest dog in the world. But uh, there's a reason we're talking about him again. Okay, I Bobby was the oldest dog. Uh, Bobby with one O is now dead. What's what's the what is what's the that's it? We'll keep reading. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Bobby with one O is certified as the world's oldest dog to ever live uh, by the Guinness uh, World Records. He was more than 31 years old when he died this week. There is a reason why we are talking about Bobby again. It turns out that Bobby may have left the world with one last gift, his DNA. 
Walking the dog is, well, the first step in a long, happy canine life. And letting them run off the leash, even better, says John Cooper, watching his Boston Terrier. You see Lily over there just living her best life. A good diet helps. Socializing with other dogs makes a difference. But what could possibly explain Bobby? A Portuguese raffero, a kind of mutt, who lived to age 31. That's like a human living to 140. He was never chained up a day in his life, said Bobby's owner, Lionel Costa. He had freedom and our love throughout his life. The Guinness Book of Records verified his birthday in 1992. And after that, Bobby roamed rural Portugal, eating natural foods like fresh fish. So fascinating that veterinarian Karen Becker spent days studying Bobby. She's co-author of The Forever Dog. It's a very simple, easy, quiet, beautiful, calm, peaceful life was the first thing that hit me. Seems like most dog owners have the right instincts. It's love, exercise, nutritious food. Then they get to run without me running. <laughs> all good things, though for Bobby, maybe something more, says Dr. Becker. I believe all of those variables and exceptional DNA was probably the perfect recipe for why he was a 31-year-old dog. Becker has sent Bobby's DNA for analysis by scientists in Hungary. To better understand that while every dog has its day, Bobby had 11,487 of them. Eric Sorensen, Global News, Toronto. So basically you're a bad owner if your dog doesn't live to 31 because you do not give your dog a peaceful life. You walk them on a leash, you buy them kibble, you yell at them for pooping on the couch or something. So basically this is the owner's fault. Or, yeah, or... They find in the DNA this like secret to making dogs live longer. What if then that would, I think, like by default, make Bobby officially the goodest boy ever? What if Bobby wasn't a dog at all? He was a robot and it was AI and it was just Greg Fish in the world of weird things playing a joke on us. He's too cute. All right. I think the DNA thing could be cool. To yeah, find I out. I want to know what's going on in that. What is that dog doing that I need to be doing? Mm -hmm. Are you okay with loud music? Oh, something special about loud music, man. Yep. Looking forward to hearing some loud music this uh, this weekend. Uh, do you... Okay. I've had this discussion with my friends before. Anytime we go to a concert, always earplugs. Absolute must. But when we go to a club... Never wear earplugs, but my ears hurt just as much after. Mm -hmm. I will not put the earplugs in. I'm maybe just because I feel self conscious about them. But what would you recommend as somebody who DJed in clubs? I never wear earplugs. Really? No, I've never worn earplugs. No, never. Wow, that's yeah. And I better than you better than average hearing for somebody my age, let alone somebody who's worn headphones as long as I have. Yeah. You know what I did? I uh, for anybody who's a musician. I took my own monitors. I always, I would started to get into places where the monitors were cheap and they sounded crappy. And because I listened to it so loud all the time, I would take my own speaker set up for the stage monitors. Cause then I could trust that the sound I was getting on stage was exactly what I wanted. Hmm. So that's what I did. Yeah. While residents of the small city of Poriruro, sounds like Scooby-Doo, Raggy. Uh, por, porirura, porirura, porirura. It's in New Zealand. It's on the North <laughs> Island. <laughs> and um, they have complained that they're being tormented by the excessively loud music coming from the region's siren battles. Residents of the small city on the country's North Island have complained that they're being tormented by the excessively loud music uh, coming from the siren. Did it? Copy twice? It's That's there two times. Yep. Just read it, Ryan said. Just read it, Shane. That's what happens when Shane just reads it. The battles, which have been steadily growing in popularity, see music lovers rig their cars or bicycles with sirens and loudspeakers, often as many as they can possibly fit, to blast out songs. Competitors, or siren kings, also known as teenagers with really junky cars, Fight to win prestige with the contestant with the loudest, clearest sound, and the people of New Zealand have mixed feelings about it. Comedian Karen O'Leary asked the city's mayor about this particular loud music topic. 
Obviously, you're aware of the reason that I'm here, and that is to talk about these so-called siren gangs. I wouldn't call them a gang, so mm. they're not a gang. They're a group of enthusiasts who love loud music and playing their music, obviously, with their subwoofers and all their different sirens they put in their cars. So I would yeah. love the noise level to come down sort of from 9, 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. Happy for them to make their noise during the day. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, just for those people that like to sleep. Yeah. What frustrates me is they only play part of the song, so you'll get half of the Celine Dion song. Um, so you're saying half a song of Ceylon is not enough. The people who are listening would quite like the whole song rather than half the song. It's a screeching noise half the time. Mm -hmm. The Celine Dion song doesn't come out like on a normal record player, so it's screechy. So they're playing Celine Dion with their subwoofers? Is that, or did I just misunderstand the accent? Oh, no, 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 don't worry. I, uh, I even went to the liberty of recording some so we could, you know, get ourselves in the mindset of the people in the Siren Wars. Okay. Um, so they blast this music over the actual sound of a siren? Is that that we're, we'll hear in the thing, yeah? No, oh, no, 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 I just recorded Celine Dion. <laughs> oh, there's Celine Dion. All right. I just, I, I wasn't sure if, uh, how, what kind of a reaction you'd have to hearing the mayor of that town say Celine Dion. So I can't do it in the accent. I was, Celine I Dion. heard her say ka. 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 In the ka. Music in the ka. I heard them um, get Celine Dion wrong. I, so, okay. You don't need to listen. I to used it. to have fine. subwoofers in my car back in the day. I was not listening to Celine Dion. Well, let's play, yeah. play the thing. You tell me. So you hear someone drive. They're driving down the road. They got the, the fart can for a muffler, and they got the subwoofers, and you hear them going down the road. Is this what you hear in your neighborhood? So maybe have... Is there confusion here that... They think it's a siren, or they, they think the no. siren is Celine Dion? No, that's a great point. By the way, sorry, they don't try to do it over the sound of a siren. They are routing music through loud, like, um, megaphones, through siren speakers, which but, have terrible sound quality. So their goal is to be as loud and as clear as you can with terrible speakers that are just loud. So they're not using, but the, the, nur, the, the, the nurse lady, <laughs> the mayor lady from New the Zealand. Nurse. I don't know, yeah, it's my mayor. brain. It did, I'm so confused right now. The, where are we? Who's on first? Okay, so the, so the, the mayor lady said sabuofas in the ka, and then the comedian didn't get Celine Dion right, but they play Celine Dion, but they don't use subwoofers. They use megaphones. Is that what we're no, talking about? No, they also have subwoofers. They also have that. So they, they have megaphones. The mm -hmm. me megaphones and subwoofers. There are different types of cars. So there are kids who will attach like a siren to their bicycle and blast it through their bicycle. And then there are people who I saw 11 speakers sirens strapped to the front of their car so they'll run it through their sound system and through that at the same time it's it's diverse it's like a chop shop it's like you know you could create whatever you want so they but steal cars now no no they're not stealing cars they're doing it to their own car i don't know it's their own thing and there's a reason they do celine dion there okay. is a reason okay is this where i should keep reading it I can read if you want, or you can read. Yeah, I'm tapping out on this one. I'm okay. confused. I'm not going to help anybody understand at this point. One Siren King told New Zealand magazine The Spinoff that Celine Dion's music is commonly used in siren battles because her songs are high treble, clear, and do not use much bass. That way they don't get as much distortion. Also, apparently reggae is also a very popular uh type of music in the siren battles are you you're really trying to hurt me today i'm not trying to hurt you I'm you just... have reggae christmas vacation you're everything my favorite things and i'm just kind of polluting them but it, this is the top story on global news right now <laughs> top story biggest story in all of canada is this well, I'd like to apologize because i just <laughs> wrecked it then for everybody i just still don't get it because <laughs> The underground subculture first emerged in South Auckland among the area's Pacifica population, 
in the mm-hmm. mid-2010s. Now, those outside of Siren Battling Community in Porirua, northern New Zealand, are calling for local authorities to put an end to the late-night escapades. Here is how I would try to describe it. Mm-hmm. You know, in, like, let's say the early Fast and Furious movies, no. when before they show up at the street race... All the cars kind of come out one by one. This car is souped up. It's got nitrous. It's got the big spoiler. This car is like an old muscle car with a massive engine on top. You know, they all have different builds, different kind of style, and then they race. This is like that, except they all do the same thing, but they all just try to do it louder. And then instead of racing, they just scream music at each other. But is it all about family? <laughs> you gotta do it. Gotta do anything for my family. He's all about the family. Hit me. Yeah. Huh. No. Okay. Yeah. I would like to apologize. Um, the local authorities would also like to put an end to this bit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay with hunting? This one's got to go better. Way less controversial. Um. <laughs> I, I've I've never gone hunting. I enjoy firearm shooting or like gun ranges and like going out on like crown land and all that and that that that's fun but I don't, i'm not really sure if hunting is up my alley i have had uh, my friend uh, uh got a deer tagged a deer and he made amazing deer jerky and like venison out of it it was delicious mm-hmm. that was kind of cool um but uh, not for me i'm all for hunting if you're gonna eat it i not yeah, really yeah. i'm not so keen on hunting if you're just putting it on your wall this is my opinion, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to feed your family, yeah, follow the rules, of course, right? Um, but yeah, just give her. Um, a man was shaken after his dog was attacked by a shark. Uh, it's a story that sounds like it happened in Florida, but it did not. A man who was duck hunting near Medway Head says his dog was killed by a shark. The incident happened Wednesday morning just outside Port Medway Harbor. The man says his dog, Pepper, was retrieving a duck and returning to his boat when a large shark attacked from below. He managed to get Pepper back into the boat, but the wounds were so severe that the dog died shortly afterwards. The man estimates the shark to be slightly less than three meters long. Well, I'm sorry to hear that about Pepper. Glad to hear, though, the shark did not attack from above. That would be Mm. a whole different story. Would be better if the dog was attacked by a duck. Um, anyway, uh, Pepper's owner said he believes it was an extremely unusual occurrence. He said he felt obligated to share a story as a cautionary tale to other local hunters, surfers, and boaters. Earlier this month, a white shark was spotted swimming very close to the shore in Nova Scotia before coming stranded and dying on a beach. <laughs> Full of love. Yeah, this is happening in Nova Scotia. I didn't know they had sharks there. I did, did I? Um, occasionally, great white sharks have been spotted off the coast of Cape Breton. Everybody I've ever met from Nova Scotia, they can drink. So I don't even know if I believe that. I got some friends who would tell that story. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. After a few pints. I do too. (laughs) Uh, Sorry to hear about your pooch. Um, That's not good. But it makes for a good story. Hey, what happened to Pepper? Where's Pepper? Here, Pepper. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Pepper got eaten by a shark. It's a good story. Right? This is the Shift Podcast. We do have to start with the spooky movies because in honor of Spooky Week Halloween, I am watching every single one of the Shift AV Club horror movies plus a couple of extra. <laughs> that nobody else bringing, wanted. Yeah. Well, at least a couple of people voted for. Spooky. Uh, it's spooky. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be watching a horror movie and reviewing one every single show up until Halloween. Now. This is Ryan defending his choices for the tiny wheel and trying to be mm-hmm. like, they're, trust me, they're good, man. Well, they're iconic. And this is a movie that uh, people were shocked I'd never seen before. But I have a very good reason that I've never seen it. But before I can talk about it, I got to bring out the spooky wheel. Spooky movies. It's so terrifying. No one seems to mind. Spooky with an M. Spooky with an M. (laughs) (laughs) A few weeks ago, we got an email from Matt in Brampton. 
topic idea for Halloween, he says. I'm not a fan of horror movies either. What horror movie could you not watch as a kid, but you watched later on as an adult? And what was your reaction? Huh. For him, it was People Under the Stairs. Mm. He finally watched it on a bright, sunny afternoon, and he says, turns out it was a comedy. Well, it was kind of silly, which it is a very silly movie. It's an amazing question, Matt, and thank you for texting it in. Now, I love horror movies, but there are a few movies that I would refuse to watch as a kid, and one of them is Child's Play. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I knew it! (laughs) I, I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Chucky the doll. Now, do I get Pet Cemetery and Chucky mixed up? I don't know how you could possibly get those two mixed up. Where Pet Cemetery is uh, about like their kid die, like a family's kid dies, and then they find out there's yeah, he gets a, hit by a, a truck, a, a right? Sacred, yeah, there's a sacred burial ground that will bring animals back from the dead, and they yeah. decide to bury. The kid there, and then you know all the animals and zombies, and it's Stephen King. Yeah, but that's yes. he got he got run over. Yes, that's not Chucky. Chucky is the doll that comes to life and and is killer. And but the swears. kid doesn't come back as a doll. No, no, no. The kid just gets a doll. So okay. the story is that a, a a serial killer dies, but as he's dying, he surrenders his soul, and so that he can keep it alive and puts it into this doll. Okay, this that's is why I don't Chucky watch these movies. Now, the thing with Chucky, though, is that this is a little bit of millennialism here. I still remember the joys of renting movies from Rogers Video and Blockbuster and all that. Now, one of the best parts about renting movies was walking through the aisles, picking up the cases, reading what was on the back, and seeing the front. And every now and then, when I was a kid, I would work up the courage to go look at the horror section I would, you know, morbid curiosity. Am I going to get scared by the covers? And I can remember some of them so clearly. House of Wax being one of them I can really see. And uh, the other one was Child's Play. And for some reason, this stupid doll freaked me out as a kid. And I never wanted to watch the movies. I always thought these movies would terrify me. So today I watched child's play for the first time and i loved it it's awesome this movie is so much fun it's also got some pretty surprisingly well done scares the kind of spooky spectral like uh occult angle of this is actually handled very well the movie looks exactly like christmas vacation no don't the say movies, that. Don't come on. Set design, yeah, color palette, this is everything. This is hurtful. The movie, uh, Shane, just listen. To me. This movie looks exactly like Christmas Vacation does. Like if you put the movies side by side, it's as if they take they were shot the same day. And so I love that aesthetic. And it was really cool to see that look in a horror movie. It's so well done. And it's this weird contrast that I've never really seen before. Like a horror movie in the winter with uh the doll and the thing is with child's play I've, i haven't seen any of the sequels obviously it gets funnier it gets more unhinged because the doll is very crude swears all the time has a couple of really funny one-liners and there's some pretty hilarious shots of you know people drop kicking the doll and then it getting back up but there's also some moments where it's genuinely spooky like it's really well performed And I think this movie is really, really worth watching. It's a great Halloween one. And uh, I am absolutely going to be watching all of the sequels at some point over the next uh, few years or so. And I'll leave you with this. Horror movies can bring about something amazing. Catherine Hicks plays the mom in this film who is excellent, and Alex Vinson as uh, Andy Barclay in the movie. uh, One of the best really, really young performances from a kid in a horror movie I've ever seen. But Catherine Hicks plays the mom. Catherine Hicks is married to a man named Kevin Yeager, who also does uh, special effects work on Nightmare on Elm Street. 
they met on the set of Child's Play. And they got married one year after working together on that movie. And which came out in 19... Was it 89? Oh, no. Hold on. It came out in 1988. And they have been married ever since. 1989 to now, they are married. And it's all because of a movie about a child, uh, an evil child doll. <sighs> Can't argue with love. Can't argue with love, man. Yeah, you, you are like using horror movies to tear down all of my favorite things is really I know. what Surprise. this is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I give I would give uh, Child's Play like a really solid three out of five. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward. Apparently Bride of Chucky is the really uh, unhinged fun one. Three out of five is a win? Uh, for yeah, yeah, for no, sure. Yeah, no wonder people like, don't want to watch these movies. Three out of five is good. Maybe three and a half. But I will say, uh, tomorrow night on the shift, I am watching and reviewing Return of the Living Dead, which I've been called told is one of the funniest horror movies ever made. It's apparently a brilliant comedy. So we'll find out. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 